Welcome to Catholic Messenger Conversations with Bishop Thomas Zinkula and me, Barbara Arlen Fye, editor of The Messenger. Bishop Zinkula has just returned from a two-week trip to Southern Africa, where he represented the U.S. bishops in an inter-regional meeting of the bishops of Southern Africa in Namibia and traveled to Malawi, one of the poorest countries in the world. So, Bishop, what was the reason he went? What was the impetus for that trip? So I have been on um, a subcommittee of the Bishops' Conference called um, Subcommittee on the Church of in Africa, and uh, it's been, I think, like four years, so a long time. And um, we have, uh, so we um, try to support the church in Africa in different ways, and, and, and one of the big ways is financially. We have a solidarity fund, so a lot of the dioceses in the U.S., um, you know, um, ask for contributions to that fund from the, the, the faithful, and so we have, um, you know, a lot of money to to um, uh, help them to do good things. So the um, the bishops' conferences are the ones, not just an individual bishop or diocese, but the conference of bishops in, in that particular region it, um, submits um, applications, grant applications, right? And so twice a year, the subcommittee, um, you know, talks, goes over those and decides which ones we're going to fund and how much. So, so, um, there's a there's a consultant to the bishops um, uh, conference to that for the, the subcommittee. Name, his name is Fritz Zuger, and he's he's kind of um, the guy who knows Africa really really well. He's been going there for 15 years. He's made lots of trips. He he knows the church in Africa very well, and then the people, the bishops that are presidents of bishops conferences and the secretary generals of bishops conferences and, and regions, um, and so. Uh, you know, he hadn't been there since COVID, and, and he invited me to come along for, for this particular um, um, plenary conference that you're talking about. Uh-huh. And then, okay, well, while we're there, and so then we, I could connect with, we could connect with a lot of bishops. There's 90 bishops there. Wow. And so we could make a lot of connections, kind of how are things going, what, what do you need money for, and, and just some of them are new. They don't, under, they don't know about our um, funding mechanism and everything. And so just lots of making connections. They're all there. So we did that, and then um, we went to Malawi then to kind of move around a little bit more and visit people, visit things that we funded, and just kind of, just, well, it's one thing about money, but then relationships is just as important, right? Right. So that's why we were there, kind of strengthening weight relationships. Oh, that's cool. So tell me about the conference <clears throat> itself. Um, what was the conference about, and who was there beside the bishops? Well, so um, it was um, Mbisa. You know, that's the acronym, which stands for Interregional Meeting of Bishops of Southern Africa. And so, um, so there, were, there were nine countries represented there, you know, bishops of, of the nine countries, and, and then the secretary general of each of those bishops' conferences. Those are kind of the, the main people. But then there's, you know, other people like us, funding partners and things. So, the, that, so it's Angola, Botswana, um, Lesotho, Mozambique, Namib- Namib- Namibia, um, South Africa, Zimbabwe, those kinds of countries. Mm-hmm. So, so we were, uh, um, you know, this hotel that had a, a room that we could meet and 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 and, and um, rooms where we could sleep. And so uh, there, the topic that they were focusing on, besides all the business stuff and all that kind of stuff. 
um, they, uh, the main theme was um, around Christus Vivit, which is a, pope, a document the Pope put out a few years ago on young people. So there were, um, since we're talking about young people, there were young people that were there. There were 18 of them, two from each of the nine countries. Oh, that's great. And so they were, you know, it was kind of this synodal kind of thing, um, listening to each other and they, um, the, uh, the bishops were, were, were engaged like high with them. Age or what? What was their? Um, yeah, probably like older high school. Maybe I don't know if any more college. Maybe mm-hmm. I can't remember what they. I, can't, I would have talked to them about that. I can't remember, but they were kind of in kind of that like late teens, maybe you know twenty early twenties. So it was uh, you know so we we're they were kind of evaluating um, the progress and. Um, that they've made in working with youth and, you know, how can we, um, how can we uh, work together more and, and try and understand youth and what their needs are. What were some of the things that they brought up? Do you remember some of the specific issues the youth brought up that was important to them? The youth brought up in terms of challenges that they, in, that they see out there in their lives and, um, and, and in the church and in the world. They, um, they talked about, it's interesting, different things than maybe here. We'd hear from young people. Climate change was one thing. Mm-hmm. They, they recognize that's going on. It, does, it affects, you know, them, but not only them. It's their cultures. They were not just looking about, you know, to kind of individualistic thing, but also as a, as a, you know, as a community. And, and there's a lot drought. We heard lots about drought in, in, in different parts of Africa. So they mentioned that. They mentioned corruption in government um, and business. Well, the youth did. The youth that's mentioned that. They mentioned gender-based violence, which I think for them is like we would say domestic violence, but okay. they had a more general term. They talked a lot about this. I didn't realize this was <laughs> that bad there. I mean, I knew it was an issue, but they talked a lot about unemployment, poverty uh, among young people, even more so than older adults. So young people trying to get established, they they don't <laughs> they don't have they don't have jobs. You know, and they're live. You know, they're um, maybe living at home or doing whatever they're doing to survive. Which, you know, like um, in Mozambique, they, they were saying it's eighty percent unemployment. Wow. And you know, now there are people are doing some things just to survive subsistence things. Maybe they have a little plot of land where they can grow some things, or they're selling firewood, or they're doing something like that. But they don't have like jobs that are. Um, you know, it's not just a day by day thing. It's something that they're. You know, Did that, they make any suggestions for? So then, well, the, and before that, they also they, so the, with that unemployment and poverty amongst everybody, including young people, these are problems like drugs. You know, both the use of drugs and all they get pulled into selling drugs, you know, to to, to make some money. Substance abuse. They talked about radicalization. So here's you know somebody that wanting to um, uh, um, do something. Um, stir things up in a violent manner and, you know, to achieve like certain political, religious, or economic goals, whatever, they can pull young people into that. Wow. So that's where some of their concerns. Wow. And so did the bishops, how did the bishops respond, or were there any other concrete solutions, or? I don't know. It'd be interesting to see kind of where they go with it. I mean, they, they, you know, they talked, okay, there's see, judge, and act kind of thing, and um, the action things, I mean, um, they, they wanted to have an ongoing sort of relationship and dialogue and everything, but, you know, who knows where that will go. One thing that the young people were, that proposed, at the end, there was, they kind of, okay, they, one of them kind of spoke on behalf of 
of the youth, and um, and they were talking about uh, this um, kind of a, um, a a database which would have like a skills inventory kind of a thing for for young people. Here, oh, that's they, cool. Here, here I am, and and this, and I have these skills and. So kind of human resources um, for um, youth and, you know, I think, I don't know if they were talking about parishes, diocese, or this mm-hmm. you know, conference or what yeah. level that was. I, I, I don't remember. I Maybe I didn't hear that very well. But that was one thing that they talked about. Hey, right. we want to be a part of things. We want to help with things. And we've got some skills and things. And so. You were very impressed, weren't you? You said they, they seem very faith-filled. What, did, did they talk about their faith or what they want from the church specifically yeah. regarding pastoral or well yeah they i mean these these youth were the cream of the crop yeah. so you know you have to take that into consideration but um they 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 want uh, you know they they love their faith i mean they really like here you got to think about the, the environment for them it's um it's uh it's it's like here it's secular kind of negative about religion and all that that's not the world that they're living in so that 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 wasn't here you'd hear a lot about that right. we focus on that big time they didn't talk about that they talked about they want to learn more about the faith bishop did they participate in your daily masses yeah yeah right yeah did they have like roles in the mass or anything um that's they were real simple the masses i mean it wasn't like you know um, the weekday masses weren't were very simple. They, I mean, everybody. There were many people having roles. There were for music. There was the seminary. There's a seminary in the, in in, the, in um, Windhoek, and um, the, that's the capital where we met. Mm-hmm. There was a seminary, so they came over one one time for mass and did and, and provided the music, and they were really really good. In fact, there's one of the young people was. Was recording that and videotaping that, and I gave him my contact information, asking him if he'd send me. Oh, that's great! He never did, so I don't know. Maybe he had trouble with that. Maybe it'll do it was it. really good, but otherwise, it was a regular mass, and and they they went over the top. I mean, that mass and probably was twice as long because they and they didn't even get, they were kind of bummed out a little bit. There's a couple of things that they times when they they wanted to provide music and 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 that was at the daily the, mass. A daily mass, right? Wow. Yeah, and they weren't. Able to, I mean, they were they wanted music for everything. They kind of wanted to show off their stuff, but um, but that was really yeah. Otherwise, was that the seminary? You told me about a seminarian who um, whose family lives with like a big family living with their grandparents. Or was yeah, that, no, that that was a different one. Maybe. No, that would have been. I mean, we had a mass on Sunday, a, a big mass, you know, uh-huh. um, outside and outside the cathedral, and so there are lots of people there, hundreds and hundreds of people, and. Um, and there was a, a a lunch and afterwards, I don't, not for everybody, but for you know priests and sisters and and seminarians and you know right. whoever, I mean inside and and a young guy sat next to me and so just to make talk, he's a seminarian just to make small talk. I'm like you know maybe I shouldn't have asked this you know, but given the high rate of unemployment, you know everything and what do your parents do? You know whatever. It's like well they're unemployed, you know, um, and they. He has, he's the oldest. There's, I think, five siblings. They live with his. They all live with his grandmother. Wow. I mean, he's in the seminary. So, but when he goes home, you know, he's. It's like, and they're probably doing something to to eke out a living somehow. But they don't have jo- jobs. So I was like, wow, that wasn't my situation when I was in seminary. Wow. And, and you gave a talk, didn't you, at the um, at the interregional meeting of the bishops? Yeah. So what, I, what was that? What did you focus on? 
I was just kind of, um, I mean, you know, I'm representing the bishops and and uh, and, and mentioning that and and you know, it's good to be um, among them and my brother bishops in in Africa, and I mentioned something about the theme, you know, which was the theme was building forward together. Reimaging the church's engagement with young people in the Mbisa region in light of Pope Francis's apostolic exhortation, Christus Vivit. So I just mentioned that we're working on that too in our, you know, in our country, trying to um, connect more with young people. Um, and I just talked a little bit about, you know, the history of of our subcommittee, how that kind of came about, um, and uh, which was was it was actually. You know, Catholic Relief Service was doing wonderful things in Africa it went with regard to disasters and humanitarian right. things. And, and so then the bishops, I think it was East Africa, I can't remember, um, but um, they were like, we need help with pastoral things too. You know, there's those oh, things. But yeah. We need things just with regular pastoral things. And so a, a bishop um, from the U.S. heard that and came back to, to you know, um, to our bishops' conference and and that led to the subcommittee and led to the solidarity fund and so i mean i kind of talk about that and there's we have there's a pastoral letter that the us bishops put out um in 2001 a call to solidarity with africa and that's kind of when we kind of got going with this thing and um and so i was just kind of you know I'm kind of in psych and i was trying to say in in different ways that you know that um you know that this isn't us telling them what to do. Here's what you need to do and everything. It's not right. that. It's they tell us what they need. So, you know, the age of colonialism is over. You know, that that feel to things needs to go away. And they know that. And and um so they, they appreciated they appreciated hearing us, us seeing ourselves as partners because we're they're helping us. There's all these priests from Africa, thousands of them, right, mm-hmm. in the United States because of our right. situation. So they're helping us, and 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 you know they can help us with personnel. We can help help them with um, you know monetarily. So I just was kind of talking about about just that kind of a thing, fraternal relationships amongst the the, um, the two continents, and, um, and and wanted to share our our gifts that we have with the church in Africa, just like they're sharing with us, it's reciprocal, so collaborative. And just real briefly, can you, the bishops all shared some of the issues that they're dealing with in their own diocese, right? Yeah, at one point, they all went up, got up there and, and did that, and they gave them a certain amount of time for each of them, and they would talk longer, some of them. Uh-oh. One thing that they didn't do so well there, they did, they just didn't want to, like, here, we're kind of, okay, you know, here's the agenda and keep, stick to it. There, they're they're just too kind, <laughs> you know. The oh, like the person who was the, the the president of the conference and facilitating the meeting, meeting, you know, some like this one guy went cleared and went way over, and he didn't cut him off. He did just okay. So then, it just that meeting lasted longer. You have to readjust then the whole schedule, and I'm, I'm like, oh wow, this is a different feel to it. Wow. Yeah. So they each came up and spoke, and you know, there was um, some similar, mo- a lot of similarities. With what they had to say, but one thing I was, you know, so some of it was somewhat predictable, I suppose, in terms of uh, COVID and the impact that's had on 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 their country and on the church, um, the socio-economic um, situation that you know um, they talk about climate change, um, you know, that's having more impact there than maybe f- for us in general in the U.S. 
they talked about you know how many what they have, having whether they had enough priests um, or not and um, you know Laudato uh, Si they but I they talked a lot about politics and, you know elections and things there's a lot of corruption in you know in that whole world um, and government and, and stuff and um, it impacts the church. I mean, you know, so it impacts the people that they're, that they're serving. So that came up a lot. I mean, there, there'd be, they might talk, they, you, know, you know, a bishop might have talked about that almost as much as he talked about specifically spiritual things. Wow. So I found that, I found that very interesting. Wow. And then tell me, Malawi, you went to Malawi. How far is that from, did you have to fly to Malawi? Is that yeah, the- so we took a plane from Windhoek. Um, to um, Johannesburg, and then there to Blantyre, Malawi, um, and we hung out hung out there for like four days or so with the Archbishop Thomas Masusa. Um, he was really um, an interesting guy. We we stayed with him. Fritz knew him, and you know he had, oh, had rela- so he was had a relationship with him. So it was easy to be there. And then there was his secretary, kind of would priest secretary would show us around and stuff but the archbishop was with us a lot of times too as mm-hmm. we you know wandered around and everything um he's an interesting story he was he was he was um from a muslim family the archbishop wow. thomas and he found his way to the church and was kind of disowned by his family and community for a lot of years and then things kind of kind of healed over time and um he had a, he, he we, the last night we had dinner and I I knew that he was a convert first. He told me that, but um, I just asked him his if he would share his story. And first, never actually heard the story from his mouth. He heard other people telling it. So even Fritz hadn't heard his story before. So he took a lot of time that evening. There's another priest with us um, to, to tell us his story. Um, really interesting, but and and I read a little bit about that. It sounds like his. Father was not supportive at first, but ended up um, becoming quite supportive of his son. Yeah, his right. Journey to the church. Right. So well, that was over a, a lot of years. You know, I mean, he's yeah. So it's, you know, kind of there's a lot of details here, but um, he's I don't know. He gets exposed to the Catholic faith when his mother died when he was five. The, the bishop, um, when his mother um, was five. And when he was five, you know, his mother died. And then he was kind of raised by his sister a bit. His father's got out of the picture. A, a convert uncle to Catholicism kind of got him into a Catholic boarding school so he could be, just so he could be educated, which was a Catholic school. Um, then at age 12, he decided, Archbishop Thomas decided he wanted to become Catholic. So he told his family. They said, no, he did it anyway. I mean, he's, he's at this boarding school so he can... You know, they can't control things. Um, wow. He wasn't welcome at home after that. And so anyway, bit by bit, so then he just started to call to the priesthood. Um, and there, kind of like when you're at your first mass, like your or the ordination or something, you, your parents like kind of give you to the church. Oh, okay. Like give it like a father, giving the oh, bride wow. kind of thing. So he asked his father if he would do that. He was going to have his uncle do it, but then... You know, they're kind of saying, um, you want to ask your father? So his father actually came to the first mass and, and, and gave him to the church. And and a lot of the villagers kind of came to that first mass too, you know, right. there, which was a, a kind of a turning point. 
And um, so then many years later, his father wanted to be baptized because <laughs> he saw how the Christians were living their the Catholics were living their lives, and it stood out to it stood out to him. And so then he asked, you know, the Archbishop. You know, the Archbishop made him spend two years going through RCIA. <laughs> Because oh, so, okay, you, you need to know more about this to, to make a good decision, and and so he he made his dad take all that time to go through. I say, and so then um, his dad died earlier this year, and, and the archbishop went back for the funeral, and now he's like he's fully accepted into the Muslim community, and a couple well, his sisters have become Catholic and everything, but otherwise still this Muslim community. But he's he's. Like he's very instrumental in um, the relationships between the, the Catholic Church and the Muslims. Oh, that's they're great. they're in Blantyre and probably probably a lot of the country because he's one of them. He knows them, wow. and but he's also now he's Catholic and he can walk on in both worlds. So he's yeah, he's highly respected. He's doing. Fritz was like, he'll probably be a cardinal someday. You know, I know who knows whatever. But oh, he's great. it's really an interesting story and and, and a really a, a wonderful man. Wow. Tell me about some of the other interesting experiences you had in Malawi. Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, there's a couple things. One, just driving. So we're in Blantyre and kind of, you know, we kind of drove around there and saw things and everything. But then we then we went to um, Lilongwe, the capital, which is like five or six hours to the north. And so... So I was, just, I, you know, able to get out and, and just see, just you know, see what's going on there, and, and you know, yeah. it's all these people, you know, on, on it's a busy road, and there's all these people walking and biking and carrying firewood, you know, into town to sell, and you know, and and um, there's a lot of tomatoes around there, and so people are selling those, selling them, women carrying water. From like streams or um, boreholes, wells, yeah. from you know down the road somewhere, um, just yeah, eking out a living, and um, so just seeing that was. I'm looking at everything and trying to take it and asking questions. We had this African priest was driving, so we you know somebody could tell could explain things, and so that was um, very uh, um, interesting. And then um, and then like. Um, that a week ago Saturday, um, the, the, the Archbishop, Archbishop George of the Longway, invited me to attend a Jubilee Mass for this, this group of sisters. You know that was kind of outside of, of, of the Longway, the capital, and kind of more in the boonies and. Um, and so there's that jubilee thing, and then also there's like five or six of them making fi- their final profession, taking their final vows, and um, you know, so it's outside because all these people there, and there's you know, um, overhang, hang, hang, you know, oh, yeah, like so a canopy or canopy something, things, right? So that to get us out of the sun and everything. Um, so I mean, it was like um, four and a half hour mass. <laughs> Could have used your miter for the head covering, right? Yeah, I had my miter. Oh. But we were, it was not in the sun. I mean, okay. you know, there was, we were just covering. It was fine. It wasn't too hot. Um, but it was in native language. I didn't understand any of it. I mean, once in a while, there's just a little brief thing in English here or there, but mostly not. So um, it was, I mean, I, okay, three hour mass. I expected that. But then I'm thinking, okay, well, let's get to the, 
to the food here, you know, and then it was, oh gosh, I bet at 45 minutes of giving presents to those sisters that were um, <laughs> they're making a profession. Everybody came up. And, what kind and, of presents did they give? Just, you know, the usual thing with baskets of food, fruit, and different kinds of food things. And, you know, I mean, there's like, I don't all kind of flowers, um, like buckets that they can use for different things, like carrying water and whatever else. Wow. Um, pra- practical things. I don't remember, you know, toilet paper, big things of, a bunch of things of toilet paper. Wow. Um, rolls of toilet paper. Um just anything, anything and everything, like all kinds of different things. So they'd just be there and receive those things. And I mean, some people were giving money, but mostly not. I didn't see right. a lot of that. I mean, it's a, somebody who was it? Oh, the bishop that, or the, the priest, the secretary general, he's new, um, who'd, who'd, he would give me a ride there and was there for the mass. He, like, you know, kind of secretively kind of gave me some bills you know, some money to put in the basket because, you know, anyway, so I could go through the line. So anyway, so there's that. I was like, okay. And then there were talks, another 45 minutes or so. Wow. People giving talks. I don't even, you know, I can't understand what they're saying. Um, So it was, yeah, it was four and a half half hours, and there was finally food. Did you get to talk during this thing? Yeah, they, yeah, they, um, they kind of made a big deal about having this, Bishop from the U.S. and um, so the Archbishop introduced. Well, he had yeah. He kind of mentioned me, and then this priest who knew a little bit more about me that had brought me there. He kind of mm-hmm. introduced me, and then I, and then I said a few words. So tell me what um, something happened to you um, while you were in Malawi. Did you have a yes situation? I had an eye situation. So. The Friday, that Friday before the, the big Jubilee Mass, that later in the day, later in the afternoon, I, um, I, my, my um, uh, right eye started becoming irritated, and I didn't know if, if I'd, the cornea had been come by scratched by something, you know, mm-hmm. dust or, or something, or, um, or if an eyelash, like something's your eyelash, and yeah. it was irritating it. And, and so it just was... I didn't sleep. I slept about half half the night because it just was annoying. Oh yeah. And, and um, so then the next morning, and it's blurry. You know, somewhat my vision's blurry, and it's Saturday. I wanted to go to this mass, and so I'm like, you know, it'll clear up maybe, and you know, and so um, then Sunday was worse, and I I'm a, my doc eye doctor tells me a lot. Has told me a lot of times you're at an increased risk for detached retina. Uh, you know, just kind yeah. of be aware of that, and if that happens, then jump on it. And I'm like, this would not be a good situation for this to happen. <laughs> you know, one of the poorest countries oh, in the yes. world. And so I was nervous about that. I overreact when these situations are something in my eye because I'm just, I'm just, you know, it's a delicate situation. So I, but there it is, Sunday, and so the, um, one of the priests was, most of those guys that work in secretariat, the priests are out helping in, in, on weekends, and this guy was new, and he didn't have a, a gig yet, you know, weekend gig. So he, he, he took me to a local Catholic hospital. It was in a poor area. His name is Father Joseph, really good guy. God bless him to give, give, some, give up some time for me. Um, and anyway... Um, it was like, oh my God! It was this is so basic. It was, 
I'm like, this is not, you know, what are they going to be able to do for me here? Like there's this eye chart in the hallway, at the end of the hallway. And, um, and, you know, and so um, the the lights weren't working. They weren't getting electricity. So they opened up the doors to the rooms off the hallway to let in some light from the windows. And then, and the eye chart was sort of rough looking. It wasn't this fancy thing that we'd have here. And, you know, he paced off how far back I'd stand and, you know. Oh, that's so And so that was like, okay, well, that's that. And and, and he was sort of nervous as, as kind of a, a GP, kind of a doctor. And he, I don't know why. He was just sort of, he's sort of, because it was a bishop from the United States. Probably. or from it was, it, And it was an I and that's not his thing. or I don't know. So anyway, so then you have to start there, evidently, the local thing, before you can go to the general oh, okay. hospital. Okay. So then we went to the general hospital, and it was, it was better you know, in terms of what it looked like from the outside and everything, and but there weren't any doctors around, and on, it was Sunday, right? So um, anyway, then, you know, we're, we're asking people before we determine there weren't any doctors, like, where do we go? How do we get in this place? And, and, and as, as this priest is talking to people in, you know, native language, I can't understand. Right. I'm, I'm looking around, I see the ent- what turns out to be the entrance. There, there were um, some people carrying out a body, um, that was no longer alive, and um, and and they're you know just out the front door. We would never do that here. We'd be it'd be all oh, sort of oh you know. But there's right. I mean, they're closer to death than we are. We're, like we try to try to sanitize everything and everything, you know. But they and the family was with them. There's like five or six people around, wow. and they're taking the car. This woman is crying, and I wouldn't say wailing, but she was sobbing. I'm like, wow, this is. I'm. This is a different situation for me in my eye. What's going to happen with my eye, you know? So, yeah. But anyway, so then we couldn't get in, and um, they did get hold of the doctor, and she prescribed a, um, an antibiotic um, lotion thing. Uh-huh. So I started putting that in, and then I saw her the next morning, uh, Monday morning at Seventh-day Adventist Hospital, which they do that very well. You know, that was, that's, that's like the best for that um, in, 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 in the long way. So I had this appointment with an ophthalmologist, and she happened to be a retina specialist. So it's like, oh, that's great. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And she was really good. Oh, I mean, that's As great. good as you would get her. She, was, she loves what she's doing. She was, um, you know, she's trained. She was like, I was trained at CTU. She was proud of that. I'm like, what's CTU? What's well, Cape Town University? So everything, that's a, you know, um, somewhat prestigious place for Africa oh, or something. Yeah. And she was professional. She's confident. Um, I'm like, I... This is so she said it's going to be okay, yeah. No, she was pretty sure she was she was she was able to rule out detached retina. Oh, that's good. And then you know, she it was this infection, you know, and she looked at an eye and she could see it and everything. And then she's like, When you get home, because I was going to be going home the next day, yeah. So just get in touch with your doctor back home, and um, and so um, so it's healed up now. Wow, anyway, that's a big long. Story. Interesting experience. I mean, there's so much more to ask you about in Africa, but it looks like we're kind of needing to wrap it up. Any other, just a parting shot before we go? Uh, no, I don't know. Um, I don't know. The people in Malawi, where I, those are the ones I got to know the best, they, um, you know, they're, they're like, um, they're, well, I think they build themselves, the, the countries of like the warm heart of Africa or something heart oh, that's neat. of Africa. They're very friendly, very um, humble, um, just easy people to be with. And, oh, that's you know, great. I, I really appreciated that. That's wonderful. 
Gosh, maybe we'll have to talk about Africa again sometime. Yeah. On another podcast. Yeah, be fine. Okay. Thank you, Bishop, for sharing sure, some you bet. about Africa. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for joining us for another Catholic Messenger Conversations. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>